you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pender. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And today, I'm thrilled, I'm ecstatic, I'm joyful to have Jason Cutter back on the show. And if you missed it, you need to go back in July and find the replay of his two episodes that I did. He got two episodes in the top 25 all-time episodes for the Author to Authority podcast. So I suggest listen to this one first and then go back and listen to the other ones because Jason's concept of sales and how he makes it in a way that you can be authentic, you can be kind, you can be caring, is just, it's so unique. And once you hear him, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Now, if you haven't listened to the other ones, Jason Cutter, he's a scalability expert. He's the head of Cutter Consulting Group. He's a mindset and scalability expert focused on developing authentic persuaders. And we're going to talk more about that. Even though his bachelor degree is in marine biology. And if you want to hear the story, okay, we're not going to go too much in the story today on that. But if you want to hear about him playing with sharks, go back and listen to the other episodes. He knows what it takes to be successful in sales and build profitable teams. His books, podcasts, training workshops, and speaking are focused on helping sales professionals close more deals, make more money, and produce scalable results. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thank you, Kim. I am honored to be here. I've been a second-time guest on on a few podcasts, but never a third-time returning guest. So mm-hmm. I appreciate what that means and uh, to have the you know a couple episodes in the top twenty five is 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 really cool. It wasn't wasn't my target and my goal, but you know I'm glad it, I'm glad it's been valuable for the audience. So if you want to go back to episodes three eighty three and three eighty four, and by the way, actually it's funny because three eighty four released this morning in July. We're recording this in July, and it just released this morning. So you can go back and listen to those two episodes as well. Jason, I would love to get an update about what's been going on in your life, your business, since the last time you were on the show. Well, so the biggest thing for me is focusing on how do I help more people and more companies at scale. One of the evolutions that happens, especially as an author, a consultant in those categories where you know, A, it's you know, take any work that you can in the very beginning, and B, a lot of like time spent deeply embedded projects, which is what I've done. I really enjoy those, right? Where sometimes a client wants me in their office for 40 hours a week for months and it's that mode, but it's not scalable. You have one of those clients at a time. When it ends, then you're on the hunt for another one. Can't have more than one at a time. And 
it's really limiting. And so for me, I've been focusing on several different things to help more people ways that I can, and then, you know, scale that. So since we spoke last, I have my book is now part of Utah State University's pro sales class. I didn't even know that was a thing a few years ago that there's actually universities teaching sales, but it's actually pretty amazing. And, and, and from what I've seen by talking to so many professors, like it actually works really well. So my book is now the fall semester required curriculum at the school which it's fun because I didn't write it for that purpose. I had no thought of that being what I would do with selling with authentic persuasion, yet that's where it ended up. And then I've also been working with universities in their continuing education program for an online course that I built that's available to the general public, but then some universities who are offering it in their continuing education course catalog for continuing education units. Uh, and so that's fun because now it's helping a much wider range of salespeople, future salespeople, frustrated salespeople, small business owners who hate the thought of having to sell, but they just want to do what they do, whether they're like an accountant or, you know, they, whatever it is, like the sales part is something they dislike. And so really getting more of that out there, not just more content, but more products and more ways to help people. Yeah. And, and you brought up something interesting because I actually had a client. John P. Davis, we did his book, How to Get a Sales Job. And he actually, and he's, he's now teaching at some of the universities. So, and he's doing sort of postgraduate work with these kids that are coming out of sales programs. They're now offering his course to help these kids get sales jobs because they've just taken all these years to learn how to sell and they don't know how to get a job afterwards. So congratulations, kudos to you, Jason. You. That is awesome. And audience, think outside of the box. If you teach something or you have something or you coach something and you have a book that universities and colleges teach, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, there's so many opportunities. I mean, obviously there's some some disciplines where there's like textbooks and it's hard to get in there and write textbooks, right? Like it's math or chemistry or something like that. But when it comes to leadership, HR, any anything people related, now that's a much wider space because there's no industry standard. And there's, you know, I called them all. I promise I actually called them all. There's in the sales world, there's 280 universities that offer somewhere between a sales class to a master's in sales and everything in between, right? Minors and majors and all that kind of stuff. And I literally called them all. Um, as part of this. And there's no one common thing, right? So you're very right. Like if you have something like at the local level, community college, continuing education, there's so many, there's so many opportunities out there. Wow. Okay. So audience, I want to highlight something he said in case you missed it. He called every single <laughs> one of them. I did. Okay. You want to be successful? <laughs> Don't be afraid to pick up that phone and call every single one of them. Now, this is off topic for today, Jason, but I'm just really curious. So I'm going to ask you the question because I'm sure yep. the audience is thinking of it too. How did you introduce yourself on those calls? You know, this is, this is what I teach people on and this is what you learn and this is why you just got to do it at times is in the beginning, I was kind of a hot mess because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know what I was talking about in their language because every time you sell to somebody or you're talking to a company or an industry, 
They all have their own language. And so it was really trial and error. I basically, what I was saying is my name is Jason Cutter and I'd sent emails to everyone. And I said, you know, I'm following up on an email I sent. I created an online self-paced short course for continuing education in the world of professional sales and selling effectiveness. And I wanted to find out the process for submitting it to your university to be a part of your catalog. And that was it. And either I got to the right person, they're like, yeah, you can send it to me. Or they're like, no, but you need to talk to this person. Or they just say, no, we don't do that and and go away. And I just had a spreadsheet and I just cat and some, cause some of them are like, we don't offer that. Or some of them were our faculty creates all of our courses and our content. And so we don't let outside people do it. And I'm like, that's fine. I just want the yeses. I want to find the people who are like, yes, we would love to talk to you. And then just repeated follow-ups. Wow. And then the other key, key, and this is what I did because most people listening to this are probably also busy. They're doing other things. I'm doing other things. And, and so I made it a goal, 15 phone calls a day. That was it. Yeah. That was my goal. Got through it in like a month. Just, just take it bit by bit and just mm-hmm. tally, tally as you go. You know, how, how to, how do you eat that pan of brownies one bite at a time? I mean, I know people say how to eat an elephant, but no one eats elephants, but everyone's eating a whole pan of brownies. You do oh, it one yeah. bite at a time and that's it. One bite, like one golf, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, maybe how do you eat liver might be a better one because sometimes it's like it's no. something you really don't want to do. But you don't don't and don't put the sales calls with that because my option for liver is not. And so then people say, "Oh, yeah, it's same thing with sales calls. Just don't, just don't do it." <laughs> it was funny as a teenager. Actually, for many many years, I suffered from anemia. And when I was a teenager, they didn't have a lot of uh, like iron pills and stuff like that. Yeah, they didn't have the supplements. So basically, I was given a list of foods that I needed to eat on a regular basis to keep the iron up. Liver was one of them. And my stepmother was British. So she made liver all the she made liver. And it was like, I don't want to (laughs) eat. I don't like this. So I wasn't an onion person either, though I I love mushrooms. So my my stepmom, in kindness and graciousness, would cook a can of mushrooms just for me. She cooked two cans of mushrooms. I was allowed to have a total of one. And so I would pile like Mm. six pieces of mushrooms to the tiniest piece of liver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And there was no getting down from the table until it was finished. Like it wasn't, you know, we didn't have a choice here. You ate what was put in front of you, right? Yeah, same here. Oh, like the first time she made it, nothing, like no gravy, no mushrooms, right? And we sat there for hours, (laughs) ate it cold. That's brutal. And then my mom realized just how much we hated it. So at least in the future, she made up like onions and mushrooms and gravy. And that helped it go down a little bit easier. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> oh, I I love that concept, Jason, because I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we, we feel like we have to get it all done at once. And mm-hmm. you know, my word for 2023 is consistency. Yeah. That whatever I take on, I'm going to do it consistently. So one of, one of the biggest goals for this year was to get the podcast up to three episodes a week consistently. And I have done that actually since, well, November, December was at least two episodes a week. But from the beginning of this year, I have been consistent every single week with episodes for the podcast. 
Well, and I think that's great. And, and that's a huge step. Like most people who either have done a podcast or think about it, but feel overwhelmed would appreciate the fact of doing three a week. Like that's, that's a big step. And, and going to your consistency thing, here's, here's the biggest thing for people to, to remember is you cannot control results, right? Notice I didn't say I'm going to have 15 conversations today. I'm going to close 15 deals because I'm going to call 15 people. Like that was yeah. my goal. Because you, you can't control results. You can only control actions and activities. Yeah. Like your goal is that I'm going to get this many downloads in my podcast because you can't control that, but you can control yeah. how much you put in. Same thing with writing. I can't control how many books I sell, but I can control that I write a thousand words each day, day in and day out. And then that's going to lead to something, right? Or, or you know, whatnot. Or and you, you can, can create some. How many podcasts you get on? And how many you get on and, you know, and work towards that and, and set it the goal that you can do it. I mean, you can't control how many people say yes, but you can control how many times you ask. Right. Um, 20, 2020, I think I was on 75 podcasts as a guest, plus my own podcast yeah. that I have in addition to that. So it's like you can only control the actions and activities. So just set something you can do, do that day in and day out, and it will lead to results. If you plant enough seeds, unless you just suck at what you're doing, suck at planting seeds. If you plant enough seeds, you will, you will get something from it. Yeah. 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 It's actually one of my goals is to start getting on podcasts. So I've got my year mapped out. I'm working towards some really new big things coming out in the fall. So that's my summer project is to get all of those things in place. And I'm not announcing anything yet because I'm still just kind of finalizing what I'm doing. I should know the next week or so. But by the time you're listening to this, it'll, you'll probably, because we're recording in Jala, you'll probably have heard it already. So, but it's kind of fun talking about it at this stage when not 100% sure yet, but I'm working with some mentors and some specialists to develop something that I'm hoping is going to be amazing and just so helpful, impactful. And then the third, the fourth part of the year is going to be getting on, starting to work on get on shows. And uh, my goal is to be on a hundred shows next year. Easy, easy, easy. No problem. You'll do it. So Jason, uh, I know you've come prepared to talk about authentic persuasion. I want to give you lots of time to to let loose and and just talk about that and you know how consultants and professionals and speakers and coaches how can they use this to just take their business forward in terms of their sales. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing and I've been seeing this a lot especially over the last year is where people are struggling with sales. So there's two things. One is they're struggling with the marketing side and getting interest and getting people to at least raise their hand enough to say, yes, I would like to talk Mm -hmm. to you. And then the other part is actually closing new business, getting somebody to move forward, the follow-ups and all kinds of, you know, that activities that happen. And I think the biggest thing is, the first step is you've got to understand what you are selling and where that is valuable. Like this is the fundamental, one of the fundamentals of authentic persuasion is you've got to understand what it is that you're 
doing and helping somebody with? Like, yeah. where are you leaving them in a better place? Like if they buy from you, where are they getting to? Again, yeah. there's some people out there where they focus on the pain. There's a lot of sales training and courses out there. And like Sandler is a big one on this where it's like, just focus on the pain. Everyone's in pain. Your goal should be solve pain. If you solve the pain, like people will pay you. But not everything in life is about solving a pain. Some people actually just want gain as well. They want something better. Like yeah. let's, let's use you and your services, right? Like, do I want to write a book because I'm in pain? No, I want to write a book because I want to share my message or grow my business or whatever it is, right? Like, you don't just focus on the painful side of it, but no matter what, it's all about leaving someone in a better place. And yes. when you do that, then the sales shifts because a lot of times what happens is people think sales is gross. Sale, selling is gross. Everyone, like if I say used car salesperson, like most people can come up with an image or they think uh, Danny DeVito's character in Matilda, like the dad who runs his used car dealership, just ripping people off. Like Herb Tarlick. on. Yeah, it's, you know, that's what people think about in sales. And most people have had an experience with a transactional, slimy, gross, pushy salesperson. And so they think, I don't want to do that. I just want to do yeah. coaching and consulting, but I don't want to have to sell people because sales is gross. And that just makes me feel dirty. I don't want to do that. So they end up at the other extreme as an order taker. And then you're not helping anybody. And then you obviously have a client deficit and probably a financial deficit. And so you have to find the middle, which is, I know that I'm helping you. I know that I'm doing yeah. you a service by moving you forward. It's not, I'm not doing this to you. I'm doing this for you and I'm doing this with you. Yeah. And that's a huge shift. So many people, once you make that shift and you understand what your role is, then it's huge. And that, that's just the first part. That's an understanding like, how to make, you know, the shift on your side. Wow. Okay. I just have one of those moments. I went to say something and it totally completely <laughs> went out of my brain. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep going. So the you other part here for me, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely fair. And th this is where the authentic persuasion framework it's so important in that order because I could have done persuasive authenticity, but then that puts one thing over the other. In this case here, you have to understand you, the authentic you, and not just like what you feel about this, you know, your strengths, but also like your role and how you show up and what you bring. There's so much of that. And a lot of times, and this is what I see a lot of people, even myself, and I catch myself, is I tell other people you know, what they should do, or I'm coaching them or I'm training them. And so many times I'm like, wait, that's good advice. I should do that too. And so <laughs> we all kind of forget that, right? Like even right now I'm talking to you, I'm like, wow, this, this is really good tips. I should do this. And it's just like our brain, a lot of us, like let's say in the coaching, consulting, small business community, people who are doing a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Again, you could be from coaching and consulting. Um, you could be a recruiter, you could be an accountant. We just like to do our thing and then we forget about using it ourselves, right? The cobbler's kids have no shoes. Like we do it for everyone else, but we forget to do it for ourselves. And so that's, you have to be authentic first because in the world right now, because everyone has access to all the information in the world, in the history of the world, people are informed. They no longer need you to tell them what a thing does or how a thing works. What they want to know is, is it the right fit for me? And should I buy from you? And is this the smartest decision? And people speak for myself, but most people want to deal with someone that they know, they like, they trust, you know, Bob Berg's line from the go-giver. And then they want you to be that guide that's moving them mm -hmm. forward. 
and and showing them what the best thing is to do. Now, do you remember what you were going to say? No, but that's okay. I'll make up something <laughs> else. Let's go. <laughs> I I think trust. You know, we live in a world where trust is so valuable right now because it's broken so often. Mm-hmm. And when you can prove, you know, that people can trust you. You know, when you're coaching, when you're helping people to change their lives in big or small ways, that element of trust is crucial because they are allowing you into their world. And and if you break that trust, first of all, you'll never get them as a client again. But secondly, you'd be amazed how quickly word gets around that you're not trustworthy. Yeah. And, and. It wasn't that long ago that people who couldn't be trusted could hide or could just find more victims or whatever it is, right? Like, you know, now with the internet, your reputation is going to precede you, maybe in some B2C transactions where someone might not have the time to research in advance. You can just pretty much assume that everyone is going to go online and look you up, especially if you're a coach, consultant, service provider, professional services. They're going to look you up either before they talk to you for the first time or after they talk to you for the first time. And they're going to do research and they're going to find out everything they can and just assume that. Not everyone will, but you can just assume that that's what everyone's going to do to find out. Like, are you legit? Can they trust you? Are you going to do what you say you're going to do? And part of this is the lack of trust out there and the bad actors let's say, out there in the world in, in any scope. It's also, and this is what I've learned by interviewing lots of sales professors on my podcast, is one of them called it the Amazon effect, where whoever you're selling to, if they're mm-hmm. a buyer, B2B, it doesn't matter. Like They're a consumer in their normal life. We all are. And so what happens is we're all completely spoiled by going on Amazon. Like, this is what I do. I find whatever I'm looking for. I don't know, whatever the category is. It might be a bike rack for the car, right? I go, I look at it. I look at the number of stars and the number of views. I click on the top ones I like in the price range I'm thinking. I scroll immediately down to the bottom. I look at the reviews. Does this sound like most people like it? Great. Add it to the cart, move on with my life, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're selling something like the services that we all offer, but they don't have an easy way to do that. And so yeah. you've got to help them with that part of the process. I so agree. I so agree. You know, when it, sometimes it only takes like one, one bad thing said about you. And it, sometimes it's not even true, but yeah. the one bad thing in the right place where you can't get rid of it. <laughs> right. But you are correct that people do. And, and I think that also leads sort of, and I don't know if you're going to talk about it or not, but just the thought that, you know, because people check you out, you also need to be careful what you're putting out there. Like, I think when it comes to social media in particular, if you want people to see you as a professional, then you better present yourself as a professional on social media, because when they Google you and they start checking out your social media, if they see anything but professionalism, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of old high school friends and that on, on my social medias, but most of my social media is about the image that I present. Yeah. And, and, and I think most people are understanding of like a personal profile, let's say on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. And they want to know that you're a human, but they also want to know that you're a professional that they can trust. Yeah. Right. Like think about if you needed surgery and you found a doctor 
and then you went online to search that doctor, what would you see in their social media feed that would make you go, this doctor is a professional and I appreciate them and they have this personal life and I'm okay with that? Or no, this doctor is doing crazy stuff and I don't like them or trust them, right? Um, yeah, like if they're and, posting and so, pictures of them downing beers, like, hello. Downing beers in Vegas and just partying all the time. You're like, is this really like, they'd have to be really amazing and highly recommended and like really good at what they do where you ignore that. Here's the thing. And sometimes that happens. And we've all gone to doctors or been in an experience, maybe with a family or friend at a doctor's office where the doctor is just cold and has no bedside manner. And they're absolutely terrible. And you want to spend no time with that doctor. But they're amazing and they're the leader in whatever they do, right? Let's say it's knee replacement surgery. And so you tolerate their bad bedside manner because of how amazing they are as an expert, right? You trust their competency more than you need the bedside manner. Here's the thing. For most of us, we don't have that. We're not so amazing people will tolerate a bad social media profile or bad bedside manner from us because we don't have that. Uh, The example I use all the time is, is... and this is so important for people to understand, is we all think we're special. And I'm saying we because I'm lumping us myself with you, with you know most of the audience, like the coaches and consultants. We all think we're amazing. We all think what we do is amazing. Your customers, our customers do not care. No customer does. All the customers out there for anything that's being sold, they see it as a commodity. It's easily replaceable and switched. There's only one exception I've ever found, and I can't find another one other than some brand loyalty. There's only one exception. There's only one monopoly out there that I know, and that's iPhones and Apple. If you want an iPhone, you have to deal with Apple. You have to deal with their pricing, with their customer service, with their battery life, with their app store. You do not have a choice. Smartphones, you have a choice. I can get an Android. I can get this. I can get that. But for iPhones, you have to deal with Apple. They have a monopoly. You do not have a choice. Everything else, They have a choice. They don't like you or they don't think you're competent enough. They will find one of the thousands of other consultants out there who could also help them. They literally don't care. They all they want the experience as a customer Mm -hmm. that they're looking for. Yeah, that is so true. So true. We got about five, seven, eight minutes left. I want to shift gears a little bit here, Jason. Um, I think the last time we were talked, you were just getting ready to publish your book. So I won't ask you the question I normally ask, what was the good, bad, and the ugly? Because we did talk about that the last time you were on. But I I would love to talk with you a little bit about some of the results that you've seen, mostly professionally, but even personally, uh, since publishing the book. Like, what has the book done for you? You know, the the biggest thing, so I have... I'll say two books plus one more now. So I'm selling with authentic persuasion, transform from order taker to quota breaker. Then I have reasons not to focus on the sales experience, which is a great book that I co-wrote with uh, Nick Glimsdahl, which is funny to say I co-wrote it because if you check it out, you'll see like, why did he have a co-author? But uh, it makes sense. It's a great book for anyone running a sales operation or a sales team. Uh, and then I'm a contributing author for Voices for Leadership, volume one, and then volume two coming out soon. You know, the the biggest thing for me is a to set uh, myself apart from everyone else, right? Like I'm, I'm now in a category, which again, this is not from like an ego standpoint, but like somebody pointed out how many consultants out there have a book versus don't have a book. Right. And I have multiple books and I have more multiple coming out this year. And then how many speakers out there have a book versus 
don't have a book. And then how many consultants and speakers out there have a book that a university being used to teach students, right? Like each one of these is just a category to differentiate myself from others. Because again, like I just said a few minutes ago, your customer will view your potential customer views you and all of us as a commodity. Should I go with consultant A or consultant B? I don't know. Which one do I like better? Which one is telling me the things that, you know, make me feel like this is the right choice or not? And so when it comes to that, it's like, how do you separate yourself? Like I have a handful of ebooks. I have a whole lot of podcast episodes. And so, you know, setting that credibility. And again, the biggest thing is what we just talked about with the social media is I know that between when somebody finds me or is referred to me and when they talk to me, they're going to research me. And I am still, I probably mentioned this last time, I am the number one ranked Jason Cutter on Google. It's, it's a funny thing to say, but it is also my call to action if I want to. It's like at the end of the episode, when you say, how can people find you? I'm the number one ranked Jason Cutter on Google. Like you Google it. There's one other dude that's like in the aviation field who will pop up on page one. Otherwise, I dominate the first like four or five pages. Like I'm not messing around. And I do that because I want people to pull it up and go, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to at least talk to him. Also having a book, going to conferences, handing them out, selling them at conferences, being on stage, doing giveaways. Um, just sale, sending it as a, as a thing. Like I'm talking to somebody, I have a meeting, I send them the book. They're, they're usually blown away. Um, you know, it's 264 page hard, hard cover, right? It's, it's not messing around either. And so like it, it's done a lot. It definitely differentiates myself when anyone gets it or sees it and they're like, okay, this is, this is not just some consultant who's playing consultant. Yeah. Because you wrote the book on it. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote the book and, and working on more for sure. Oh, okay, Jason. We'll we'll start to tie this up here. I want to give you a minute or two to share a final thought with us. If we're just talking about sales, one of the biggest things is to understand that your job is to be the guide and not the hero. And this is one of the punchlines from a lot of the training and the and the speaking that I do, but I think it's really important to at least get this concept for anyone listening to this or, or watching this, is a lot of times they think they have to be the hero. I'm the one coming in to save the day. I got to talk about how great I am and talk about how amazing I am. The problem with that is your customer is also a self-centered human and they think they're the center of the universe and they think the world revolves around them. And so the only way to really help them is to be the guide and not the hero to move them forward to that better place instead of like trying to prove how amazing you are. When you shift that, and that's why I created this authentic persuasion pathway framework that I have. Um, but when you do that, when you play the guide, A, it takes the pressure off of having to sell. And it, B, it's a totally different role where you're now leading them instead of pushing them. It's all about pull instead of push. Wow. Love that. Love that. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question. You already kind of answered it, but I'll ask you the question anyway. Jason, how do people connect with you if they really enjoyed today's episode? Best way to connect uh, is usually on LinkedIn. Like I'm on there all the time. Like we've talked about this before. Go on LinkedIn, connect with me, chat with me, You know, put a lot of content on there, posting all the time. My main website is cutterconsultinggroup.com. So whether you're like a business owner or a sales leader or a salesperson, there's there's two different sides to the, to the, to the website with different resources and, and ebooks and all kinds of stuff. And then again, when in doubt, Google Jason Cutter and you'll find more than enough stuff uh, to help you on that journey. 
Well, audience, I can let you know, because I am connected with Jason on LinkedIn, that he is true to his word, and he does post a lot of really great, uh, encouraging, informative. I love that LinkedIn has that new little icon that's like insightful. I love pressing Mm -hmm. that one. Insightful. That was insightful. Um, Very insightful information on LinkedIn. So this has been Jason Cutter and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.